from 88.7 FM WXDU Durham and available via podcast on the World Wide Web. This is Shooting the Bull, your weekly survey of what's happening in the Bull City, brought to you by the voices of the Durham blogosphere. The opinions expressed on this program belong to the individuals expressing them and do not necessarily reflect those of WXDU or Duke University. Good evening, folks. I'm Barry Reagan. I write at dependableerection.blogspot.com. Welcome to Shooting the Bull for Thursday, November 12th. Kevin Davis has the night off. You know, most of the time uh, when we talk about things on Shooting the Bull, we're usually talking about stories that are open-ended. Uh, we're talking about things that are, are ongoing cultural uh, cultural issues, artistic issues, political issues that don't resolve themselves in, uh, in, in any short period of time. Uh, today, we're actually going to do something that appears to be coming to resolution, and, and I'm really excited uh, to be talking about this. You may remember earlier this year, um, one, of, uh, one of Durham's cultural landmarks, uh, Bronto, the brontosaur was, uh, was vandalized over on the, the dinosaur trail near the Museum of uh, Life and Science. And he's been restored, and he's been restored thanks to the efforts of community members like my guest tonight, Nancy Rizzo from uh, Northgate Park Neighborhood Association. Nancy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, You have, uh, with the aid of uh, members of, of your neighborhood association, established a group to restore the brontosaurus to, to its uh, original status and maybe even better. Um, tell me about the history of the brontosaur and why you, you guys felt that it was important to, to take this project on. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, brontosaurus was a part of the original dinosaur trail that the Museum of Life and Science uh, had started in the late 60s, 1967 approximately. And there were many m- creatures uh, in that trail, um, but the brontosaurus is the only one that was remaining. Uh, hurricanes, weather, and just time took its toll, and, and uh, all of these other creatures have been destroyed or buried and covered up with vines and so on. So we don't we don't even know where they are if they're still there. But the brontosaurus itself um, stands approximately 30 feet tall and 77 feet long, and is made of concrete. Um, wire mesh and fiberglass. And there's uh, there's some iron uh, and steel, some steel yes. inside there too, which we yes. saw during uh, during yes. the vandalized state. Yes, the neck is a, a steel I beam, which was exposed uh, during the time, of course, it, having been beheaded. Um, and so the brontosaurus has been there since 1967. It's been a, a landmark, and in, in Northgate Park considers it, you know, their sort of their personal. Uh, brontosaurus and so therefore we took a real interest in making sure that it didn't go down and become extinct once again um, so we got a, a group of uh, neighbors together and uh, actually had a public meeting I believe it was June 11th the beheading took place the end of May and uh, within two days the police had recovered the head in a field in northern Durham and uh, by June 11 we had organized uh, a meeting with the public had 35 people there from all the different neighborhoods um, people that had grown up with the Bronto or had children that had uh, crawled on it and played on it and so on. And so the decision was made that we were going to do all that we could do to restore it. Now, you talk about people who grew up uh, with the Bronto or or their kids um, grew up with it. Uh, I I moved to Durham in 1993, and like many people who moved here as adults, you know, I I have a story of just walking 
along the trail from uh, Rock Quarry Park up to uh, up to Edison Johnson uh, Recreation Center one uh, one day. Possibly, I might even have been riding my bike. I don't I don't even remember. And you know, just stopping dead in my tracks and saying, "Okay, what is this? Yes, it's a big dinosaur." In the woods, and there were actually there were still several others that were um, that were visible um, in the in the early and, and mid nineties. Was it like that for you? I mean, was that your experience? Or did somebody guide you and take you to the brontosaur the first time you saw it? No, I can't really remember the very first time I saw it. I think it was just a matter of discovering it, as you say, uh, walking my dogs or just walking in the park and just discovering it. And and it really it does take your breath away because it just sort of appears in the tall grass and in the trees. And um, it's quite remarkable. And it's very real looking. It doesn't look artificial. It, it the texture of the skin and the folds. It looks like it, it looks real. Yeah. I mean, knowing, knowing, of course, that the Brontosaurus never actually existed, um, how, how, do we, how do we sell, you know, the, the, the usefulness of, uh, of, of this, this creature um, in, you know, in, in, in the context that we, we, we know that the Brontosaur uh, fossils were actually two different animals that were combined mistakenly, and now we know that one of them was actually an Apatosaurus, and mm-hmm. I, I guess Diplodocus was the other one or something like that. Um, does that matter? No, it doesn't matter at all. And it's funny because a lot of times people will, when we're talking about the Bronto, people will stop us and say, you do realize that there never was a Brontosaurus and that, in fact, it's an Apothosaurus. And we say, and my, my, my response is, well, we have a Bronto, and it doesn't matter whether it's anatomically correct. That's what we call it, and we love it the way it is. Right. So, so you guys formed formed a group, uh, a, a committee as part of the Northgate Park Neighborhood Association. What did what did you do after you decided that? Well, the Bronto needed to be saved. Um, I know that the the Life and Science Museum originally was not thinking that they were going to be able to to save the Bronto. Did you? Did did you have to twist any arms there, or were they just like, oh, hey, you know, if you guys are going to do this, we're we're cool with it and we're going to help you. How did that How did that work with us? The museum was extremely cooperative. And, I mean, we recognize that it's their property and it's their decision. I mean, you know, we approached them and, and asked to meet with them and to discuss the possibilities of restoring it and, and volunteered to do a lot of the fundraising and to do a lot of the legwork. The museum was very receptive. Um, I think at first the hesitation might have come from the fact that there was not a line item. They, they had not anticipated paying for repairs. It was not something they had budgeted for. And, uh, but in terms of recognizing the emotion that the public had and recognizing the strong feelings and the anger and the disappointment and the hurt that the public had, um, I think the museum very quickly realized that this was something that, that had to be done, that they, they had to be uh, a part of that uh, restoration. How, how long did it take you guys to actually raise enough funds to know that you were going, going to be able to, to accomplish your task? Well, we were very fortunate in that Bronto Software re, uh, gave us a $2,000 matching fund. So we, so, so we have a tick mark to we know how much money, a little bit of what you guys raised. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to keep this total a secret until the party. We're going to announce it at the birthday party on Sunday. Um, let me say that the museum has raised a certain part, and we've raised a certain part, but together it was sufficient to put the head back on, uh, replace the fence that was damaged, repair a lot of the major structural problems. There were 
holes in the body that had to be repaired. All of that was done. Um, but we wanted to have enough money left over so that we would have what we're calling a long-term care plan for the Bronto, a retirement fund, if you will, because we didn't, we didn't want to have to go back uh, on an annual basis and re- make additional repairs. So when people say, well, why are you continuing to do fundraising when the head is put back on? Haven't you finished? Well, we finished, but really, ideally, we would love to paint the entire body. We would love to do uh, some restoration of some of the, the, out, the exterior covering that's coming apart. We haven't done that yet. Um, but, but really, we've accomplished what we set out to do, and our official fundraising is, is drawing to a close this Sunday. Of course, we're not going to refuse any contributions that may come after that, and we'll certainly be open to and receiving funds. The Museum of Life and Science is really going to be the one that's going to be um, holding those funds and, and, and determining what's to be done in the future in terms of expenses. All right, so Bronto Software, a natural just right. a, a Absolutely. Just natural donor um, to this project. Um, who are who are some of the other, um, you know, corporate uh, or local business contributors um, to this? Or did most of the money come from, uh, you know, people like you and me? Well, um, Bronto Software was the biggest contributor in terms of the two thousand dollar matching fund. But then we approached a lot of local Northgate Park business people, and um, you know, Durham Tire. Um, a toast. Um, we had some people that were not necessarily in the neighborhood, uh, the Daughters Inn. Uh, there were like 14 sponsors all together, uh, Frog Hollow. Um, they all came together and gave us money so that we could have seed money for a T-shirt uh, purchase. And so we started the, the campaign of selling the T-shirts. And one of our one of our residents who's on the committee, Sebastian Florand, is a, a graphic artist, and he designed the logo, which everybody loves. I mean, everybody just thinks it's the greatest if, design. If we, if we still had DJ Cam, you guys could out there could see it because I am wearing uh, my my Bronto shirt and it's uh, it's awesome and I wear it uh, not every day um, because I can't wear the same shirt every day but I, I do uh, I do put it on a lot of times when I go out around town and, and somebody always says something yeah. to me when I'm wearing it yeah well it's amazing because there's as I mentioned a lot of local business owners that that live in the neighborhood and we were able to put 14 sponsors together they gave us the seed money we started the t-shirt uh, sales, and that's generated much of the uh, much of the money that we had uh, that we had collected. And then we also got a lot of donations. We'd open the mail and find checks for a hundred dollars, fifty dollars, twenty five dollars from California, Tennessee, Maryland, Pennsylvania. People who used to live in Durham, you think? Probably people who used to live in Durham that grew up and moved away, and their parents probably told them what happened, and they were really concerned and upset, and and, and wanting us to succeed, and they sent those checks. Right? Maybe they they had uh, childhood. That's right. Memories of, That's right. Uh, of of the dinosaur. So, um, question then: Are the are the T-shirts sold out? We have approximately 150 T-shirts left. Uh, however, which is a coincidence because yeah. there might be 150 people listening. Yeah, tonight, I hope so. so. Hopefully, hope if you so. if you all have not acquired a Bronto T-shirt, you'll be able to get one um, Sunday at the birthday party, which we'll go into details uh, about in a little bit. But if somebody is say listening online or is not uh, in Durham and they wanted a t-shirt how do they how do they get one we do have a web page uh com, and there there is an opportunity to purchase uh, t-shirts online 
All right. I, I, I don't know if we can tell, tell you know, how much oh. money they cost. I don't Can we? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, let's give it a try. Yeah. Well, adult <laughs> adult T-shirts are $15 and child, youth sizes are 10 And all of the money goes into the Save the Bronto Fund. That's right. And um, the only thing is we have run out of certain sizes. So, uh, you know, that's why we're encouraging people to, to buy now before we like to use the phrase before they're extinct. But uh, but we're we're running out of some sizes, so hopefully they'll buy them I guess, quickly. I guess I guess some of the some of the jokes just write themselves. Don't they, they do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So so the party you've got a party coming up um, to celebrate the restoration of the Bronto. Um, I thought I saw on Facebook the actual birthday was earlier this week. Is that correct? Well, it's it's hard to know exactly what the birth date is, but but I think on the um, Facebook page it says November 11th is right. the birthday. And, and, and how old is is Brian? Toronto at this point? Well, that's debatable. Somebody said one one million five hundred thousand forty two. I don't know. Uh, it's very difficult Probably to, a little, to possibly yeah. a little older than that. Even possibly older just than that, forty two years old. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Well, yeah. we we go with forty two just to to be more realistic. Yeah. All right. So so tell me what um, what is planned for for uh, Sunday. Um, what time? Where it is? What's going on? What can people expect when they get there? Right. It's going to be uh, on Sunday, the 15th of November from 1 to 4. It's going to be at the Brontosaurus location. Of course, we're a little bit concerned about all the rain that we've been having because it will be an outside event. Um, but we're hoping that we're going to get um, some mulch and some uh, some materials to, to make it less uh, wet. And hopefully Saturday and Sunday it's going to be uh, 70 degrees. So hopefully that's, that'll that's dry things out. That's the forecast right. as of right now. That's so right. So for people who... who know where the Bronto is easy enough to find. You just drive down to the Museum of Life and Science and you park and you walk back down the trail and and you're good. But if you've never been there before and this has piqued your interest, how do you get there? Well, the best way would be to go north on on Duke Street, make a right on Murray, continue on. And just before you get to the Museum of Life and Science, before you get to Edison Johnson, there's a split rail fence on the right-hand side. Uh, and there's a uh, a little trail, which is the Rock Quarry Trail. And if you follow that path, you'll come right on the Bronto. It'll be right there on your left-hand right. side. Par- parking is probably best at the museum parking lot or in the Edison-Johnson parking lot. Are right. people going to be allowed to park there? We've gotten permission from both Edison-Johnson and the museum that people can park in those parking areas. And um, we'll probably have some people out there to direct traffic if it's if it's necessary. All right. All right. I just want to take a moment to remind folks that you're listening to Shooting the Bull on WXDU Durham. My guest tonight is Nancy Rizzo from the Northgate Park Neighborhood Association. We're talking about the Save the Bronto Party, uh, the whole campaign which resulted in restoring Durham's Brontosaurus. So, so what uh, what actually is going to happen on on well, Sunday? We are going to have um, we're going to have what we call a bouncy house. It's in the shape of a, a dinosaur, which is going to be really fun for the children, a bouncy house. We're going to have um, the goat patrol. There's going to be about 14 goats there, and they're going to be munching on the no-mo zone, which we have permission that they can do. Um, we're going to have Simon the Pig, who is with Pig Pails, which is a rescue group for uh, pop belly pigs. And Simon goes to schools and does demonstrations with children, so he's going to be there. We're going to have a videographer by the name of David Felton, who did a, uh, a, a video a couple of years ago about his childhood memories, visiting his grandparents who lived on Murray Avenue and talking about his uh, vis- visits at the Bronto. David is, uh, is, is an occasional blogger. 
um, in town. He writes a blog called uh, the Feltonian, if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken. I know I know David uh, through his uh, through his day job. Uh, on Ninth Street. Okay. Well, he's volunteered graciously to be with us, and we're going to have an opportunity for folks to sit down and be videographed uh, and talk about their memories with the Bronto. We're also going to open the gate, which uh, is in front of the Bronto, and allow people to go in there and take pictures with the Bronto, have pictures made uh, with the Bronto. We're going to have the uh, only burger truck out there for refreshments. Well, you've, you've just doubled your attendance there you just go. by saying those there two you words. Go. There you go. <laughs> We're going to have a raffle. We've gotten some wonderful donations of raffle prizes. Um, the Daughter's Inn is, has given a one-night uh, one overnight stay at the Daughter's Inn, which is uh, a very, oh, very in nice. In Trinity Park. In Trinity Park, very nice gift. Um, the Piedmont Restaurant has given a, a, a gift certificate for two at, at the restaurant. Uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, we have a donation there from Julie Seagroves, who's a, a Northgate Park resident. Um, Durham Tires given free oil changes. Um, we just have a, a really a nice collection of, of gifts that have been uh, given to us with the intention that we'll raise a, a, additional monies for the Bronto. All right. Well, let me let me ask you kind of a personal, kind of a personal question, right about. Um, what, what what does this mean to you to have successfully accomplished this uh, you know this this project bringing this project out of nothingness um, to completion right as far as your relationship with the community right being a, a Durham not a Durham native but a long time uh, Durham resident how how has your relationship to Durham changed as a result of doing this. It's interesting because um, I just I just saw that it had to be done. I felt strongly that it had to be done. I did not want to see this dinosaur go away. I did not want to see this brontosaurus just rot and fall apart in front of our very eyes. Um, and so there were so many people that felt so strongly, I don't, I don't think we had another choice. Um, and I just feel a real sense of satisfaction whenever I, I go down Murray Avenue and look over in the trees and see it standing there. And it just has such a, a, a mystical quality about it. You look at it and you just kind of feel as though it's, there's something magical about it. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very, very pleased that we have so many talented and, 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 and educated and, and dynamic people that live in Northgate Park that step forward and, and like Sebastian is our person that developed the web page and designed our t-shirts and uh, Richard Millward lo- works at the museum and Julie Rigby who's the uh, vice president of external uh, relationships uh, at the museum I mean she's just been very very helpful Julie has really really worked hard uh, in helping us to, to accomplish this goal. And there's been maybe about 15, 15 or 18 volunteers that have been there regularly selling T-shirts and doing whatever is necessary to get the job done. One of the, one of the things that not only uh, keeps me in Durham, but keeps me um, engaged in Durham is th- the sheer number of people who look at things that are going on around them and say, you know, I, I think that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that anybody else is going to do it. I guess I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. right? Um, is, is that, is, do you find that unique 
in you know in to to your experience and in, in other places you lived i mean I, I know you said you grew up in upstate new york um It's not like that up there, is it? No, well, I think Durham is unique in that regard. I mean, there's just so many people that are involved and willing to step forward and do what needs to be done. Instead of sitting back and complaining and feeling sorry for themselves, they just, you know, get up and do what needs to be done. Unlike me, because I am um, someone who just sits around and and complains about like all the things that that need doing, um, but I guess that's because I did not grow up. <laughs> and, no, and, and and I'm kidding. I mean, there are plenty of times when sure. when I when I you know just will say you know there's there's a, a pile of trash at the end of the block, and nobody else is going to pick it up. So I guess that's going to be my job. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it, we kind of. Um, we kind of run off of each other's energy. I mean, I think if you look around and see the other things that are done by Northgate Park Neighborhood Association, Cheryl Shiflett, Mike Shiflett, uh, Paige McCullough, I mean, they've been working very strongly and, and, and really putting in a lot of time and effort to uh, help with the park renovation, making sure that things are done properly and making sure that we have input and the city has been very cooperative in, in working with us. Um, there's just a, a lot of synergy, synergy, I think, a lot of... Um, energy that that we get from one another yeah some some people um are are tireless you know i know i actually know both of the of the shiftlets fairly well and and i'm continually amazed because Mm -hmm. i know i i do run out of gas uh and and it's easy it's easy to to run out of uh, to run out of gas when when you're not necessarily getting the positive feedback all the time and that's why i'm i'm really intrigued about this particular thing which is really when you think about the big picture of Durham and all the things that, that need doing in Durham, it's not really high on the priority list, you know? Mm-hmm. But psychologically, it it is. You know, for a lot of people, it suddenly became, oh, this is more important than, you know, finishing the trail system, or this is more important than fixing the loop downtown or even solving some of the the crime issues or or poverty issues this became an important symbolic mm-hmm. you know um need that Duramites had to fix this thing and you know you kind of stepped into the breach is that i mean is that the way it feels to you yeah and it's kind of like it, it felt well in the beginning i have to admit that there was a lot of discussion in our committee meeting about whether or not we wanted to ask people to spend money for this purpose given the economy given the the the, the times that we're in right now another twenty dollars spent for the brontosaurus could be put in your gas tank we recognize that mm-hmm. um but i but we stepped out there and we were really encouraged and amazed at the response that we got and the people would send us a check and with a note on it they'd say we love you Bronto or they'd say thank you so much for doing this and and people would come up to us and say I sent my t-shirts to my kids and they just love them and I and I said to this one lady well how old are your kids she goes 32 and 36 (laughs) and she said that they love the t-shirts but I mean you know you kind of you feel encouraged by those comments and it just gives you the motivation to do more the symbols are symbols are important mm -hmm. and I I remember in that two-day period when uh, after the the, the you know the dinosaur had been vandalized and nothing had happened, and I hadn't heard from any of our elected officials or any of our uh, you know law enforcement officials that this was a priority that you know finding who did this was was going to be a priority and you know and I got behind the microphone and I said hey um, you know 
symbolically, a lot of people really feel violated, mm-hmm. you know, and we want you guys to recognize, you know, that, that this is important. Now, I understand that um, the city council has recognized the importance of, uh, of, of this event. Well, the, um, the mayor has signed a proclamation declaring November 15th uh, Durham Brontosaurus Day. And so we are going to be reading that proclamation. and uh, that's will, will he be reading the proclamation? Is he going to be there? To, to I'm music? not sure. Okay. If he is not there, he will have a representative there. We're not sure at this point. But he has signed the proclamation. Matter of fact, the children of Richard Westcott, who created the Bronto, the children are going to be there, and perhaps some of the grandchildren as well. I got an email today from one of the elder uh, grandchildren of Richard Westcott who uh, wanted to buy some T-shirts, and uh, they'll they'll no doubt be there. So I there know. are somewhat fewer than 150 T-shirts left since you have now reserved some That's for, right. for the, for Matter, the family. Yes, yes. yes I, I, I remember um, being at a meeting um, in, in Northgate Park, uh, probably a, a neighborhood association meeting of yours, uh, maybe four or five years ago, and, uh, and, and one of the Westcott children was there talking uh, this was the initial um, you know push to do something about uh, the the dinosaurs because we knew that the museum was coming up with a more modernized mm-hmm. dinosaur exhibit uh, how in in, in, uh, in our brief moments that we have left how does this relate to the new uh, the new dinosaur exhibit that uh, that the museum uh, has, has either opened or is planning to open. Yeah, the new dinosaur trail has has opened, and um, I, I don't see that. You know, in terms of relationship, I think that it's just um, they work in tandem. I mean, the the old pre dinosaur trail or the however the original dinosaur trail um, had its virtues and is still highly regarded, and that brontosaurus means so much because it's the last one. And the new dinosaur trail is just fantastic. I mean, it's it's just a beautiful display. Um, and I think they both have, certainly they have their value. But people that prefer the Bronto still love the Bronto. Well, Nancy, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on to uh, coming on to shooting the bull tonight, talking about uh, about your efforts to restore the Bronto. The website once again is www.savethebronto.com. Correct. Right. Um, and uh, folks, you can find out more information about the party uh, coming up this Sunday. Uh, order a T-shirt and uh, and support the cause. Once again, the location and and time of the party, Nancy. It's going to be on the 15th from 1 to 4 at the site where the Bronto is located off of Murray Avenue, just before you get to the Museum of Life and Science. Folks, I hope that uh, we will see all of you or many of you Sunday afternoon. I know I will be there, and I am um, very much looking forward to it. Once again, uh, Nancy Rizzo, Northgate Park Neighborhood Association, thank you very much for, um, for joining me and tonight. Thank you for inviting me. All right, you've been listening to Shooting the Bull on WXDU Durham 88.7. I'm Barry Reagan. I write at dependableerection.blogspot.com. We'll be back next week. Uh, Kevin Davis will be uh, will be back behind the microphone. Uh, we hope, and we will talk to you then.